You're listening to The Story Connective. In this episode, we're talking about music, inspiration, and regenerative agriculture. Both Pat and Paul, uh, farmers, you know, working closely with the land, it's expressed through their music, what they're sharing with the community, so they're creating that ripple energy into the community, so you're supportive of them, you're supportive of us as a farm center here, and it's a beautiful thing, and it all ties back into agriculture, you know, this, this like culture that we're living that's tied to the land and tied to our community. Hey everyone, I'm Rebecca Rhapsody. And I'm Loxley Clovis. Welcome to the Story Connective, where we are dedicated to documenting and sharing inspiring stories of possibility, resilience, and cooperation. Today, we are going to introduce you to some amazing artists, farmers, and educators in Hawaii. Story Connective was recently invited to lead a panel discussion at a CD release party on the island of Maui at the Pono Grown Farm Center. The event featured the musical presence of singer-songwriters Pat Simmons Jr. and Paul Isaac. It also featured the wisdom of Evan Ryan, farmer, caretaker, and designer of the Pono Grown Farm Center. Pono is an important word in Hawaii. Ua mau ka'eo ka'aina i ka pono is the motto of Hawaii. It is commonly translated as the life of the land is perpetuated through righteousness. Though pono the word is commonly translated to mean righteous. In fact, there is not a singular word in the English language that expresses the meaning of pono. The Hawaiian dictionary wehewehe.org devotes about half a page of English words trying to convey the complexity of the Hawaiian word pono. So its meaning, according to wehewehe, includes goodness, morality, correct or proper procedure, well-being, prosperity, welfare, benefit, equity, True condition or nature, duty, moral fitting, proper, upright, just, virtuous, fair, beneficial, successful, imperfect order, accurate, correct, eased, relieved, should, ought, must, and necessary. That is to be Pono. And our podcast today features three gentlemen who live their lives striving to be Pono as musicians, as farmers, as fathers as educators, and as community leaders. All three are committed champions of regenerative agriculture. All three are also permaculturists. This means that through their actions, they are leaving their communities and their natural environment healthier and more resilient than how they found them. And their work is very inspiring. Before we get into the panel, let's set the scene a little. We're outdoors and on the slope of Maui's great volcano, Haleakala. We're in the community of Olinda, to be exact. It's a slightly windy day, and the thing is it had been raining all week long, but miraculously, on the day of the event, we had clear blue skies. So the air was particularly fresh and clean. We're in a small, grassy field facing an audience, sitting in lawn chairs and on blankets. Behind the audience is an orchard of young fruit trees and rows of a diverse variety of green crops. Behind those is a modest house with solar panels on it. And even though this panel was recorded in December, most people are out and about in shorts, tank tops, or dresses. So let's get to it. day. Isn't it amazing that we have blue skies after all of this rain? Ah, 
feels so nice to be here and to be here with all of you and to be here with all of this delicious, juicy music. I'm just feeling really grateful and blessed right now to be here with all of you. And we're going to get the chance to talk to these amazing gentlemen about who they are and what makes them passionate and why they do what they do. All three of these men are superheroes to me, the way that they show up in their lives day by day. My name is Rebecca Rhapsody. I am a facilitator, storyteller. I'm here with the Story Connective as well as the Ma Lama Lama Project. And Ma Lama Lama is about illuminating agricultural solutions on the island of Maui via art and culture events. So when we talk about art, so much of that comes from inspiration and passion. So I'd like to pass the mic down to these three men and ask them, what are you passionate about? and or what inspires you to do what it is that you do every day? Me first, huh? Okay. All right. Thank you so much. This is Pat Simmons Jr., a singer, songwriter, and farmer from the island of Maui. What inspires me? I think the first thing that comes to mind is looking at my one-year-old son here sitting with his, uh, with his grandmother and his mother. And, um, yeah, my, my son inspires me. And to remember that it's not about just what I want and what I want in my life, but it's about the next generation and what, they, what they're going to need on the planet and um, what they're going to see and what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink, where they're going to sleep. And um, just got to remember that each day it's about, it's about them, and so that's what really inspires me. Keiki, Keiki Okaina. All right. I want to start by saying aloha to everybody. This is Paul Isaac speaking now. He's a singer, songwriter, and farmer from the island of Oahu. Aloha. Thank you so much for coming out today. I want to say big mahalo to Pat Simmons and, and his wife, Shine, for helping orchestrate this. And big mahalo to Evan here for hosting here at Pono Grown Farms. And I'm really honored to be here to share this music with you, which is Aina-based and putting my hands in the earth, inspiring these meles that have been coming through. So... When we talk about inspiration and what inspires in this uh, movement of farming um, and the creative nature that comes forth, I feel, from it. As Pat touched upon, the keiki is so important and like our community. So when I look around, like coming together as community is really what has been happening for centuries, right? We've been coming together and honoring each other, our purposes of providing what our unique gifts are and offering something unique in that sense. And you know, we're all blessed with unique skills and, and unique qualities that make us who we are and the, the human qualities of what we can offer to our communities and just sometimes just being a friend that shows up and talks story, you know? And when it comes to the Aina, I think really inspiring each other to put our hands deep in the earth and get back to the roots. And that's what this album that I created is about, getting back to the roots and um, inspiring each other in that way where it's like all our ancestry has come from this space of providing for each other, being together uh, in that way. So for me as a musician and a farmer, they kind of go hand in hand. And as my hands are in the earth, it's inspiring the songs as well. And vice versa, the, the songs inspire me to keep putting my hands in the earth. So I hope you guys feel that through the music as well. And I'm constantly inspired by my community and what everybody's doing around me and the, and the efforts of other farmers is always an inspiration. And, and it brings me great joy to come to farms and see how people do things so that I can incorporate a little bit of that on my farm as well. So constantly inspired by community and coming together. So that's what this is about. Thank you guys. 
Yeah, I mean, both of what these men just shared, I can fully resonate and relate with. That's Evan Ryan speaking. He's a regenerative landscape designer and educator, and he lives on the island of Maui. And yeah, having a two-year-old is that, that inspiration from within about, it's kind of like a self, uh, self-effacement self in a way, like getting myself out of the way and opening up to that bigger picture and looking out at the future generations and looking out at the whole, the greater whole. But for me, um, a lot of my journey has been around my value system and specifically a value system on how do we, how do we live in harmony? How do we live in harmony with the land? How do we live in harmony with our, with our community? Uh, and those elements, and so working towards how do we provide for our basic needs, our basic needs of life here, which to me is ties into fresh water, ties into nourishing food, uh, ties into community, a big one. Uh, self-purpose is a big one for me. And so, yeah, looking at how do, how do we provide for these things? How do we provide for our food, our water, our electricity even, in a way that is regenerative, in a way that gives back to the planet, and the way that utilizes this free source of energy, the sunshine that just comes back day in and day out and blesses us with the abundance of carbon-based life that makes up everything that we are. How do we utilize that and harness and capture its energy? You know, and so for me, that ties into to all my land practices. You know, how, do, how do we harness that energy to get back to the soil and build the soil? How do we harness that energy and get back to our community? How do we harness the energy of that rain and the clouds that's pouring upon us, you know, when it's really abundant like we've just had? You know, we went through a four-month drought on this land this summer where it was just so incredibly dry and transitioned into this era of just such wetness. And it was just so magical to see that balance that can exist here. And so, yeah, so a lot of my inspiration just ties into that, that cycle of the elements and working on how do we harness that energy in a way that supports it and promotes it and promotes a clean, healthy living environment, clean planet and bountiful community that's living in harmony with each other. Wow. So what inspires me about all three of their answers is, is the things that were similar between all of them. All three of them were talking about how important it is to be giving back to the land, giving back to the community, and thinking in terms of what's being left behind. What can we do to leave something better than how we found it? Yeah, and especially leave it for the future generations. I mean, all three of them talked about keiki, as they say in Hawaii, or children. And future generations are really important for them. And it's part of the focus of this generation, looking forward, looking to the future. And that's what regenerative culture is about. I wanted to talk about that term a little bit more, regenerative. What does that mean to you, regenerative? Because Evan used it, I used it in the intro, but it's a word that not everybody's familiar with. Well, when we say regenerative, We're talking beyond sustainable, making the land, making the soil, making the water and the people of the community healthier and more resilient than before. Our presence is going to make a footprint. Being regenerative means asking ourselves, how do we leave a positive footprint? And as Pat, Paul and Evan talk about, how do we leave a positive footprint for future generations? Not just do less bad, but do more good. That's what we mean by regenerative. I don't have kids yet, maybe, hopefully, someday. And I have to admit, I don't usually think about what are they going to need? What are they going to want in their lives? It's a really poignant thought. And uh, 
Well, enough talking because this event was actually a CD release party. So there was a lot of music. Paul and Pat are both amazing musicians. It was Paul Isaac's CD release party. So we're going to play one of Paul's songs called Young Roots featuring Amber Lily. And it's an inspiring song about the connection between Keiki and Kapuna, the children and the elders, and how both are so important for growing a strong community. So let's hear some music. And after this song, we'll hear more about Paul's community building on Oahu. Nurturing the young roots grows a strong tree. Foundation for community. Young roots grow a strong tree. Foundation for community, yeah. Hand in hand, walk with your kiki. Hand in hand, walk with kupuna. Hand in hand, walk with your kiki. Hand in hand, walk with kupuna, yes, yeah. Set the foundation for the next generation. Fill them with love, peace, and inspiration. Set the foundation for the next generation. Fill them with love, peace, and inspiration. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I was a young root swinging from my family tree. Looking up to the elders that were guiding me. Rain and shine, they help this little sprout to grow. With love and laughter, nourished up my heart and soul. Now's the time, friends, share your wisdom. Young roots, well, soak up what you give them. Send the shoots on up towards the sunlight. And share your sweet fruits, got us feeling alright. The roots send the shoots from the branches, share the fruits, yeah. Fruits are plenty, feeding many. The roots send the shoots from the branches, share the fruits, yes. I share what you got. Nurturing the young roots grows a strong tree. Foundation for community. Young roots grows a strong tree. Foundation for community, yeah. Every seed planted starts with young roots. When you're nervous, it will grow to bear the sweetest fruits. Every seed planted starts with young roots. You're nervous, it will grow to bear the sweetest fruits. Every seed planted starts with young roots. You're nervous, it will grow to bear the sweetest fruits. Every seed planted starts with young roots. Your nervous it will grow to bear the sweetest fruits, yeah. We're setting a good example for the children. Yeah. Cause back to the roots is how we're living. Walk with your kiki, 
Hand in hand, walk with Kupuna. Hand in hand, walk with Yakiki. Hand in hand, walk with Kupuna. Hand in hand, walk with Yakiki. Hand in hand, walk with Kupuna. Hand in hand, walk with the Kiki. Hand in hand, walk with Kupuna. The Jambus grow us strong to you. Foundation for community. Jambus grow a strong tree. Foundation for community. Yeah. That's the young roots growing strong trees in our community. So since I heard that song, I find myself singing it pretty often. It's pretty catchy. What do you like about it? I like that it's positive and naturally I resonate with the message. And uh, it's just what Pat and Paul and Evan were talking about, that our, our children are cakey in the lives and resources that they have. And the way that we raise them will have such a big impact on our communities, future generations. It's a really positive song to be listening to. Yeah, Paul's music is really inspiring. His passion really comes through and it's really present in his music. And he uses his music to tell stories about healthy communities and regenerative farming techniques. Do you know something else that Paul has a passion for? Yoga. Yeah, in this next bit, he's going to talk about his Yo Garden events, where he's combining yoga and gardening and music. I personally also have a relationship with a yoga practice, and uh, I like that Paul talks about it. Paul. I'm curious about your passion for yoga and how that dovetails into what you do with music, what we do as a farmer, and what you do as a community builder and magnet. Ah, yes. The yogic life really helps me open an eye, you know, that I didn't know I had when I got a chance to be still with myself and really contemplate and also reflect on the beauty that is life, but really the simplicity of honing in onto the self-love and um, this beautiful flow that is happening through us. And um, it's an ongoing exploration. Uh, it's something that really has allowed me, like I find meditation in the garden, I find meditation uh, in the music. And how does that play into your community work? Well, with the Yo Garden music gatherings, it was apparent that there wasn't a lot of conscious gatherings happening on Oahu in particular, because I'm from there. I went on the festival circuit, actually, which is where I met Brother Pat at Beloved Music Festival in 2010 and um, really enjoyed um, that energy like of just being connected with somebody to talk story, to appreciate each other. And um, yeah, so that festival scene really in, in, impacted me in a certain way. And I found a community in Oahu of people who are following this yogic path as well. And, and it allowed me to be like, hey, okay, what am I doing with my life? I, I know I love yoga, I know I love music, and I know I love gardening, so that's my tripod. And I'm gonna create something that brings people together in that. And to have a partner, my, my partner Kelly Stern is here with me from Oahu, and she's been a blessing in my life. And um, we started these gatherings together, and she's a yoga teacher. And so to have a partner that also has the same journey of yoga and that 
community building together and to get in the earth together and to just bring awareness to what, what it means to get back to our roots in that sense within ourselves and within the earth and um, within everything we do and, and the musical roots as well just I think helps people loosen up and create that flow. So, yeah. Thank you. Paul's enthusiasm for bringing people together, um, gardening, and music, and yoga just really comes through. And it's so authentic, too, the way that he goes about it, it feels. Yeah, and bringing people into a right relationship to where their food comes from, using mm -hmm. his music. Really important. And there's a growing movement of folks who are actually going out to farms and volunteering. And it's actually the way they get exercise, they get their vitamin D from being outside, and it's fun for them to watch the food grow. And really, they learn to appreciate all the time and energy that it takes to grow food. It really is amazing. We have a lemon tree that we just planted in our backyard. And when I go to the grocery store and just like buy a lemon, that's one thing. We see that big pile of lemons. It's, it's a completely different experience to go into my backyard and see the teeny tiny blossoms forming on this lemon tree. And then in the next week, those teeny tiny blossoms are full-blown flowers. And then those flowers are going to become lemons. And by the time that I like take one of those lemons and cut it open, my appreciation for where that food came from is just so much more. It really is a practice of awareness and connection. And Pat Simmons Jr., the other musician on this panel, is so passionate about his relationship with his plants. Uh, I was over at his house the other day and I watched him actually pollinate one of his vanilla orchids by hand. <laughs> That's really awesome. He's up to all sorts of cool things, that man. Did you know that in the month of January, he decided to plant a tree every day because he decided that that's the best action that he can do to take care of the present and the future. That's how he feels like he can best dedicate his time and energy. Yeah, Pat has studied permaculture for years. He studied with some of the permaculture heavyweights, such as Jeff Lawton, wow. and he plans to teach permaculture in the future. That's awesome. And Pat grew up playing music. He's a great musician and he comes from a musical family. And his love and philosophy of how Maui has influenced him is absolutely present in his music. So let's hear a little bit more from him about his music and what his inspirations are. What is the connection between the music you make and the kind of world you want to be living in? Well, a lot of the music that I sing about is about this place, Maui. So I think for me, I want to see a clear and protected Maui. I want to see Maui the, protected from cement being poured over it everywhere and protected from pollution. And um, I want to see a, a bright, beautiful future for my child on this island so that he can roam around and climb around in the jungle like I grew up doing here and surf the waves and walk the beaches without so much trash and plastic. And I think my music reflects that. And my music is really especially in the CD called This Mountain, reflects just the love that I have for this mountain and this place. And uh, really, we're actually on top of a mountain right now. The island of Maui is just like the peak, and most of the mountain is actually below the ocean. So we're on the mountain right now, you guys. <laughs> and give thanks. Here's Pat Simmons Jr.'s original song, Mauna Mele, featuring chant by Kaylee Rochelle. In a world of white and blue, there grew a mountain all the dolphins knew. It would be a home that embraced so many faces. 
came across the sea on the wind and waves gave so graciously to leave the way for the next generation this mountain is sacred giving life this mountain is sacred it has no So Rhapsody, you grew up on the island of Maui on this mountain. Yeah, I did. This song that Pat's beautifully written is is really powerful for me. At certain times, it can make me teary-eyed just because I find so much power and so much resonance with it. And Haleakala, the mountain, it's a place that I've been going to my entire life. It's a place that I was born, really. 
and its majesty, its age, its cultural significance, the views, the memories, the life it supports, it really is sacred. And it's also where Pat Simmons Jr. farms and where he's watching his son grow up. It's a really precious thing to have a connection to. And I too want to see a bright and beautiful future on this island. It's so important to protect it and to care about it. And for those of you who have heard our podcast with Art Medeiros, this mountain used to be covered entirely with forest from beach to beach. And it's only been in the last 200 years that most of that wood was cut down and shipped away or burned to power the sugar mill all while the land became pasture land for cattle. Yeah, and there's a lot to protect. When I walk on beaches here, like Baldwin Beach, there's so much more plastic washing up on the shore there than I remember there being when I was a girl. Yeah, and what we have left is precious. And folks are stepping forward, mm-hmm. not only to protect it, but to bring it back to its once thriving state. What I love about Pat's music is it creates such a connection with the place that we live. Evan Ryan, who's also on our panel, is brilliant at creating connection via the nature of where he's living. With his agroforestry practices, his permaculture practices, his path of regeneration that he has been practicing and applying since 1998 throughout North and South America, and his focus as a landscape consultant and designer. His life is dedicated to regenerative practices, leaving the land where he lives and the community he interacts with via the Pono Grown Farm Center more resilient, more educated, and more food abundant than how he found it. Evan also lives, works, and raises a family on this sacred mountain. This is where his farm is located, and let's hear him talk more about it. We're here on 15 acres at Pono Grown Farm Center, and we farm on rainwater catchment. So that's the rain that falls on our roof and fills our tanks and then goes out into the gardens. And we have many layers of activity going on here on the farm. Uh, One is we're a production farm, so we're producing vegetables, uh, diverse mixed vegetables. We also have chickens for eggs and bees for honey. You can get the honey over here at, at our little stand. And then we also have about 350 fruit trees planted right now that are varying sizes in the, you know, maybe two to six foot range. So in the coming years, we should be abundant in the tree crop realm and I welcome you if you're if you're inspired you're welcome if you go a little bit that way and then walk up the road here you can actually go up and see our gardens you can walk a little through the food forest just tread lightly if you do and yeah make yourselves at home thank you so much for coming and being a part of this and yeah we're grateful for this land to be able to express ourselves with and grow with our farm name Pono Grown it's looking at that concept of the Pono of doing what's right but growing in a right way And we look at that both a reflection of how it is that we're caring for the land. You know, like, are we actually perpetuating life on planet Earth uh, with our actions in relationship to the land and then also with each other, you know, in the social realm and how it ripples out into the community. And yeah, just grateful for good community. So thanks for coming out, everybody. And also with the farm, we're a nonprofit organization. And so we are uh, a big focus on mentorship and education, looking at kind of birthing a next generation of farmers in Hawaii and probably almost all of us here are familiar with the fact that almost all our food is imported. The greater our, the greater us living in Hawaii, about 90% of our food is imported to these islands and we're at a big turning point right now that I actually believe that number is going down from what I could see because that 90% is an old statistic now. It hasn't been updated in a good number of years and over the course of that year 
those years, I know that just a couple miles from here, a farmer's market has burst up with 100 plus vendors and you know, massive amounts of food going out into the community. And the farmer's market is actually birthing farmers. Also in that period of time, the, the Hawaii Farmers Union has birthed up and provided a lot of education and legislation and cooperation around agriculture. And I know there's a lot of members of the farmer's union in the house right now, even, yeah, let's hear that. So yeah, a great organization that really empowers agriculture in our community. And so these are just a couple examples of what's been rippling in our community around agriculture. In addition to that has been the school garden network that almost every school on Maui, probably almost every school in the state at this point, has a school garden program which means that kids from pre-K through grade 12 have an opportunity to be in a garden, to be growing food and learning in that environment. So there's this like multi-generational mentorship that's happening now, starting from a very young age. And so that's a revolution right there happening towards growing local food for our community and growing it in a right way that's organic and regenerative, that's caring for the soil, caring for the land. I even just read recently, uh, the Washington Post just had an article this past week about Hawaii's agriculture and uh, basically the fading away of the plantation era. And one statistic, I think it was in 1980, there was 300,000 acres in agriculture in Hawaii. They were specifically actually talking about pineapple and sugarcane, and now that's down to 5,000. And it's pretty stark to think about 300,000 acres turning into 5,000 acres in cultivation, uh, significantly less. And there's part of me that celebrates that because it's also the end of agricultural practices that are not serving the land and not serving our community. And the opening, that light coming in after these years of darkness, that light coming in for us to expand in a way that supporting, again, right relationship with the earth. So we all play a part in that. And you guys are all playing a part of that, just being here today, supporting local artists who are earth connected, you know, like both Pat and Paul, uh, farmers, you know, working closely with the land. It's expressed through their music what they're sharing with the community. So they're creating that ripple energy into the community. So your support of them, your support of us as a farm center here and small businesses, local businesses, for those of us who are willing to engage more locally and support local farmers, support farmers markets. It's a beautiful thing and it all ties back into agriculture. You know, this, this like culture that we're living that's tied to the land and tied to our community. And Evan's point about supporting local does tie into agriculture, especially on an island. Evan makes the point that 90% of our food on this island is imported. And that statistic is older. It's from 2010. It is something that's changing. But that said, still a vast majority of our food and all of our products on this island are imported from off-island. That's an important thing to be aware of because it has happened in the past, in my lifetime even, when ships that are importing things to this island for various reasons don't come in. And then the grocery stores actually begin to run dry. And solutions are popping up. There's so many people gathering and uniting with the school system and uniting farmers with farmers to make our islands more resilient. And a big part of that is getting to know each other and making changes to our social system, social fabrics that support small farms, school gardens, connecting our children on how to grow their own food and how to save our own seeds. It's a really exciting movement. And what Evan said about the plantation era and how it's come to an end. And it is so relevant for Maui, as now we are figuring out what is coming next for this island. And that's why we create podcasts like this one. For more than a century, Maui's Central Valley has been covered with 36,000 acres of sugarcane. When you drive from one side of the island to another on Maui, 
you see miles and miles of sugarcane. This mega plantation is a dominating feature of Maui's landscape. In December 2016, Alexander and Baldwin, the company that owns this land, closed the last sugarcane factory. They are no longer growing this crop and turning it into sugar. And those of us who do not work for Alexander and Baldwin haven't been informed about the details of what's going to happen to this massive chunk of land. What we do know is that Alexander and Baldwin is primarily a real estate development company. We also know that two-thirds of this land is designated by the state of Hawaii as important agricultural lands, and that Alexander and Baldwin gets tax breaks if they keep some of this land in agricultural production. The other third may likely be developed by this firm. It's true that Alexander and Baldwin last year mentioned that they're committed to growing more than one type of crop, but what we know is that for decades now, the company has used petrochemical fertilizers and biocides on that land. So many residents on the island are curious and concerned about the future agricultural practices Alexander and Baldwin will pursue. And once again, it becomes really important to recognize that this is an island. And so all of the systems on this island are so connected, the water systems, the groundwater systems, and the land too. And what we put on that land ends up in our reefs and in our water and in ourselves. So I'm really curious what Pat, Paul, and Evan would say about what they want to see growing in the Central Valley, since they are farmers, regenerative farmers, with years of experience growing food in ways that don't use petrochemical fertilizers and biocides, and that they're committed to bettering the environment and the quality of the air and the water and the food and the health of our island community. So what would they do if they could design and grow in the Central Valley of Maui? Well, there are many possibilities, of course, and one of the great things we have here on Maui and in Hawaii is the historical example of one of the greatest regenerative systems ever created by humankind, and that is what the Hawaiians call the Ahupua'a system, the ancient land division system in which each stream watershed was subdivided and three to four families would each get a pie-shaped part of the land that went all the way from the mountain top where they could get timber for building canoes and houses down to the lands where they could have terraces for their diverse crops like taro, even sugarcane, and down into the reef systems where they had access to the fish, freshwater fish and saltwater fish. And they would trade within their own watershed and each Ahupua'a system, Maui had 141 of them, each watershed was self-sufficient with these three to four families managing them. It was a highly sophisticated system, and we see how sophisticated it was with the level of culture that the Hawaiians reached. I mean, they had free time to surf, to chant, to dance, to create art to play sports, to do martial arts, to give each other lomi lomi massages. They had all of this free time and such a high culture, and they were able to reach this high level of culture because their food system was highly efficient. And this ahupua'a system was dependent on the free flow of water from the top of the mountain all the way down into 
the brackish estuaries at the ocean side. And what happened during this plantation era was that over a hundred streams on Maui have been diverted to a very dry part of the island to grow a very thirsty crop, sugarcane. So when we're talking about regenerative ag, it is really helpful to look and see how regenerative agriculture was done on this island for hundreds and hundreds of years and how water naturally flows down the mountains on this island and how that affects what crops can be grown naturally in what areas. There's some plants that do grow really well in a dry and windy area like Maui's Central Valley because it is the driest part of the island and it is very windy and some plants don't grow very well there. And so let's hear what Pat and Paul and Evan have to say about this. I'm going to ask a question that's a bit of a large question because Maui is in a really interesting time in our agricultural history. For the past 140 years, the Central Valley has been monoculturally farmed in sugarcane and pineapple. And then I just want to ask you guys, what would you like to see happen in the valley post-sugarcane? What would you want to see possibly sprouting up during this change? I think we could start by planting at least 1,000 acres of mangoes, maybe maybe 100,000 acres of mangoes. <laughs> no, we don't have monocrop mango either. But I think uh, it's a, the Central Valley is a very dry area, as you guys probably know, driving around Maui. And the majority of that area used to be forest, so I think planting a large amount in dryland forest mixed with highly productive dryland trees that produce food, obviously. Like, you drive all around Kahului, you see all the hundreds of coconut trees that get neutered, and uh, their flowers get removed so that the fruit won't fall and hurt people, potentially hurt people. <laughs> Could be feeding people, not hurting people. <laughs> so, thousands of acres of coconuts and, uh, and f- mangoes. <laughs> No, not, not just that too, but the dryland forest is important and food plants such as coconut and mango are, are huge. So yeah, dryland forest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing that, um, you know, that land is just sitting fallow right now. And I would say to look back onto what was originally grown there, what were the Hawaiians propagating in this area? How can we learn from the past? Because the Ahupua'a system, um, the mountain to the ocean, the water flow, utilizing that beautiful natural habitat that is in these Hawaiian islands with the flow of water. How can we bring back, well, I'm not totally sure about this area or what was originally grown there, but how can we bring back that forest that was was there that you speak of and um, in a way that's really going to benefit mountain to ocean in the most harmonious way. So polyculture, permaculture, um, which really, you know, permaculture is based off a lot of the Hawaiian ways of ahupua'a living. And um, yeah, I would love to see that kind of energy being put into large-scale production, where, which was once monocultured. Hey, how can we work together? Because it, it's hard to think of, I think, you know, even in Oahu, when there's a lot of these big corporations that come in, you know, they have machines and, and have this one crop they go for. Um, but if they were gone, like if they weren't farming that anymore, as permaculturists, as organic farmers, could we actually step into the shoes and and fill this land and be able to grow that, you know? And that's what it, I think educating each other on a natural way of flowing on the ahupua'a cycle, getting back to that harmonious living so that there's more of us that can come together to be like, yes, we can step into the shoes of these corporations, you know? Because that's a lot of acreage right there. For one person to plant, that that would be pretty hard. But, you know, I'll be poly papaya seed and, and keep planting. 
but I think coming together and, and that community engagement of getting everybody involved and how can we take these zones and create areas where we can work together on them, maybe subdivide. You know, I would love to see more community works and more permaculture farms come in those areas. So yeah, how can we work together to make it what it possibly was in the past? Mm. That is a very complex question. I have my idealist side and I have my realist side. The idealist side is looking at the compass and seeing where do we want to be? Where do we want to be 50 years from now, 100 years from now, 500 years from now? And then the realist side is how do we get there? How do we take steps towards getting there? And overall, the thing about Maui that I observe is there's a lot of open space. There's a tremendous amount of open space. And there's also a tremendous amount of water resources here. We have both of these factors in there. And I know habitat's very important for humans. Habitat's exceptionally important for the people who are born and raised here and have their extended families here who are leaving this island. Every day, there's people moving off this island who are born and raised here, have multi-generational families here, if not dating back you know, hundreds to thousands of years, then at least centuries back. How do we create an environment that they can stay and be with their families? And so definitely, you know, I know like A and B looks towards housing, but they're not looking towards multi-generational affordable housing that the families that have been here can stay here, can afford to stay here. But that's one thing I look towards. But really overall, what I look towards is how do we create really conscious, holistic design with that land? And no matter what happens there, that's what I want there, is I want conscious, holistic design where we're recognizing the effects of our actions on our environment and on our community and making choices in our design so that we're bettering our environment, we're bettering the soils, we're bettering the quality of our air, we're bettering the quality of our water. And, uh, and I'm kind of redundant with that theme because to me it's such an important one, it's the foundation of our lives really the foundation of our lives and right now our water is being poisoned and right now our air is being poisoned and right now our food is being poisoned that's a big problem a big challenge and here on maui at least i can't speak for the other islands but there's not that conscious design that's holistic and considering the whole and with the broad acreage of that land there is an opportunity to actually be holistic in that way and really plan and put in proper wind breaks and have regenerative agricultural practices no matter what agriculture is being grown and, and how large the acreage is of it, but actually do it in a way that doesn't poison our aquifers or our ocean reef systems and ocean offshore waters and removes the possibility of erosion and runoff from the land. One thing I teach my students a lot in workshops is right now where we are sitting will be in the ocean at some point in time. That is just a geological fact that no matter what we do, this spot is going to be submerged in water. It's going to be like Molokini and we're on an eroding island, you know, so how do we slow that process down and maximize the life cycle of this land? And so that's what I'd be looking for, definitely diversified agriculture, community-based, conscious communities, homesteads that are done in a really right way that provides community with good community design for ease of use and localizing the communities that we have. How to create more within five minutes of our homes or within 10 minutes of our homes and have the resources we need localized in that way. So looking towards those type of solutions as it moves forward. Yeah, all really amazing answers to your question. And what I really enjoyed about all of those answers was how complementary they were. I mean, Pat talking about the dryland forest, Paul talking about what used to be and Evan talking about conscious holistic design. I mean, all three of those things 
all three of those answers by three different people can easily be woven in together to create a regenerative solution for the island. Yeah, I also really appreciated how Evan talked about the idealist and the realist side and how his first part of his answer was was addressing the housing on this island because affordable housing really is an important issue for people who are from Hawaii and want to stay here. Really, the, the sugarcane fields and this transition from sugarcane to whatever is coming next, it's something that affects everyone on this island. And it could affect the whole world, too, because if we are able to switch to a holistic design that betters our water and betters our air and keeps the soil productive for generation after generation, it's going to be an amazing example for any place to figure out how to make this transition. Decisions are being made. So it's up to everyone to pay attention and to understand what's at stake. And how can we come together to be more resilient and be more aware of the type of future that we want to grow and what kind of choices and what kind of things we can educate ourselves and educate our friends and families about now to create the kind of future we want here on the island of Maui and here on our planet. And for our new listeners, we've already made three podcasts about this very topic and they're all great resources to get educated about what's going on and more importantly what's possible so episode two for example re-envision maui before and after sugar episode four what can we grow now and episode five what jobs can we create now check them out and get informed and stay tuned about what's possible we have one more song for you before we end this podcast but before we play it We want to remind you of how to stay connected with these artists and with us. If you like the voices you've heard on this podcast, please check out the creations of Paul and Pat and Evan. Paul's CD is called Back to the Roots, and you can learn more about it at www.pauliseckmusic.com. Pat Simmons Jr. CD is called This Mountain. Learn more about it at patsimmonsjr.com. And Evan Ryan has an amazing book out called Hawaii Home Gardens, Growing Vegetables in the Subtropics Using Holistic Methods that he co-wrote with Lehua Vanderveld. They just released his book. We have this book. It's a really useful and easy to apply resource on how to grow your own garden. And you can learn more about this book at hawaiiseedgrowersnetwork.com. And it's pretty much available wherever you buy your books. Events are happening all the time on Maui that are promoting local art and local farming. So check out Ma Lama Lama Maui on Facebook to stay informed about what's going on as we get more and more into 2018. This is a big year for Maui. The Story Connective is 100% listener and viewer supported. We share these stories because we believe that the stories we see and hear shape what we think is possible. And we deeply want more people to be inspired and educated and be part of a positive and peaceful, healthy future. So if you want to support Story Connective's 501c3 mission and vision of bringing inspiring stories of resilience and possibility to the world, please make a donation. We run on donations and we really, really appreciate your support. You can make a one-time donation at storyconnective.org or become a patron, meaning you give us a donation each time we create a piece of content. Learn more at patreon.com slash storyconnective or by using the Be a Patron button on the Podbean podcast app. Thank you so much for your support. As promised, we have one more snazzy song from Paul Isaac. This one is called 
permaculture. This song uh, was inspired by a couple different movements of uh, one is called Perma Blitz. Hawaii, you guys heard of Perma Blitz? Grateful for the Perma Blitz crew that's been uh, all around these islands and, and getting into people's backyards and doing permaculture design. And I, I was lucky enough to have my house um, years ago now, five years ago, we, ha we lived in a house in Kaneohe and it was a suburban home and um, it was really beautiful to have 50 some people come and perma blitz our house and really help us build the, the design that I had in mind to keep our, our gardens flowing in that way. And now they've done almost 20 perma blitzes and I was, I was number two. Um, so it's really beautiful that it's, it's still flowing in the islands and I know the other islands are, are adopting it. And I ended up starting something called farm blitzing. So we've been going to different farms around the community and just showing up and, and offering support. And that's really what it's about, I feel, in this time, is that we just got to show up with some hands. And, and that's the best way to learn, too, is putting our hands in the earth together and talking story while we're working. So this song uh, is a little, little anthem for permaculture, helping us lead the way in this time. Special thanks to Pono Grown Farm Center and Pat and Shine for producing and hosting Paul Isaac's Back to the Roots CD release party. It was a lot of fun. Special thanks to Pat Simmons Jr., Paul Isaac, and Kay Ili'i Rochelle and Amber Lilly for letting us share their musical talent throughout this episode. Check out the show notes on Podbean for more details and links. Interview panel facilitated by Rebecca Rhapsody at storyconnected.org. Audio recording and audio production by Loxy Clovis. The intro song is Which That Is This by Dr. Turtle, released under the Creative Commons Attribution License. Special thanks to our nonprofit fiscal sponsor, ELSA, at E-L-L-S-S-A dot O-R-G. Permaculture, lead the way. Yes, we found a solution. Tell you what. Oh, it's an island foodscape takeover. If anybody else, we call it permaculture. Planting seeds, we secure our family's future. What you give is what you got from the roots on up. What you give is what you got from the roots on up. What you give is what you got from the roots on up. Yes, yeah. We're all, we're all seeds of love. That's right. Planted in your garden. We're all seeds of love. Yeah. Planted in your garden. The purpose of this audio interview is for nonprofit education, news, and commentary. This podcast is released under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license. Thank you for listening to the Story Connective. Watch it grow and let everyone know this is how we'll survive in these times. Yes, Plant a seed, watch it grow, and let everyone know. This is how we'll survive in this time. Permaculture, lead the way. Permaculture, lead the way. Yes, a new revolution every day. Yeah, permaculture, lead the way. Yes, we found a solution. Permaculture, lead the way. A new revolution. Permaculture, lead the way. Yes, we found a solution. Oh, yes, it's your lifestyle design in collaboration with the elements surrounding you. It's the observation of patterns and flows, wind, the water, and how your food grows. Sunrise, sunset, and the natural life cycles in your environment. Learning from the cultures around the world, growing in abundance and living in harmony. Just like the Hawaiian Ahupua'a system, Maukatumakai. 
planting with the flow of the vibe. We can create communities that thrive, self-sufficient, regenerative, and alive. When we work together, we will find that hey, there's no waste. It all has its purpose and place. No need waste. When you put it back into the cycle, there's no waste. It all has its purpose and place. No need waste. When you put it back into the cycle, be conscious of your actions. This is our home, yeah. We're moving forward, forward, forward on to Zion, forward on to Zion, forward on to Zion, yeah. We're moving forward, forward on to Zion. Forward on to Zion, forward on to Zion, yeah, yeah. We're singing permaculture, you believe the way, yes, a new revolution, oh yeah, yeah. Permaculture, lead the way, yes, we found a solution. Ooh. Permaculture, you believe the way, yes, a new revolution. We're singing permaculture, you believe the way, yes, we found a solution. Cause it's a permablitz, yes, you wanna come and help each other. Permablitz, yeah, we're coming to your backyard. Permablitz, yeah, you help each other grow. Permablitz, I'll sing it one, two, three. One, two, three. Plant your gardens and your tree. Cause it's a permablitz. Cause it's a permablitz. One, two, three. Plant your gardens and your tree. Cause it's a perma blitz. Cause it's a perma blitz. Plant to see, watch it grow, and let everyone know this is how we'll survive in these times. Yes, yeah, help us sing now, my friend. Plant to see, watch it grow, and let everyone know this is how we'll survive in these times. Plant to see, watch it grow. And let everyone know this is how we'll survive in these times. Yeah, permaculture. Permaculture, permaculture, you believe the way, yes, a new revolution. Oh, yeah. Permaculture, you believe the way, yes, we found a solution. Permaculture, you believe the way, this new revolution. We're singing permaculture, you believe the way, yes, we found a solution. Plant to see, plant to see, watch it grow, and let everyone know this is how. We'll survive in these times. That's right, friends. We chanted out. Plant to see, watch it grow, and let everyone know this is how we'll survive in these times. Sing it out, friends. Here we go. Plant to see, 
watch it grow and let everyone know this is how we'll survive in these times permaculture leading the way in this time friends that's what we're doing here pono growing style <laughs> glad you're all on board and supporting this permaculture movement so important in this time to keep celebrating that agriculture and biodiversity that's all around us within us <laughs> 